Good morning. My name is David Ockert. I'm the founder and executive director of Parallax Center in New York City. I became interested in the neurochemistry of moods and started studying the effects of drugs on moods. I'm on the commissioner's medical advisory panel, and I'm also on the treatment advisory panel of OASIS at New York City. Today, I'm gonna to start with the talk about biological recovery. And in the future, my goals in terms of these podcasts is to demystify the treatment. I'm talking about what might work, what doesn't seem to work. I'll talk about withdrawal management, why outpatient or inpatient, uh, what stabilization is, what continuing care may look like. And uh, today I'm gonna talk about biological recovery. And I know that many patients wonder why they relapse so quickly following the completion of a detox or just establishing abstinence. We often think, if I can just get through detox, I won't use again. In fact, I don't want any drugs in my system, including medication. We delude ourselves that detoxification is the answer, but we, in fact, um, detoxification cannot maintain abstinence. When we use a drug like alcohol, heroin, benzodiazepines, long enough and in large enough doses, we develop tolerance. Tolerance means we have to use larger doses more frequently to get the same effect. If we become tolerant and use a drug on a regular basis, we can become dependent on that drug. Physical dependence means that our nervous system in an attempt to regulate itself when faced with massive inputs of the drug from the outside, shuts down its own system and waits for the drug from the outside to make the brain function properly. This is called down regulation. If we don't keep taking the drug on a regular basis, our brain does not function properly and we experience withdrawal. The symptoms withdrawal are different for each of the drugs of abuse. Sometimes withdrawal is life-threatening. Sometimes it's not, but can be very painful. Because this is so important, I really wanna discuss in greater detail what's going on in your brain and how we can make recovery safer, more comfortable, and more successful. Your brain makes and takes in all the drugs of abuse. Alcohol, opiates, cannabis, benzodiazepines, nicotine, stimulants like cocaine and methamphetamine. We have structures in the brain called receptors where each drug of abuse attaches. The receptor sites exist not really for the drugs of abuse, but rather to receive specific brain chemicals called neurotransmitters, which allow our nerve cells to communicate with each other and allow our brain to operate efficiently. When we use a drug of abuse on a continuous basis, we are flooding the receptors and competing with the neurotransmitters that the brain itself makes. A nervous system is designed to regulate and moderate the use of neurotransmitters to make everything in our brain function normally. When we flood our system with the drug of abuse, our nervous system attempts to correct this overstimulation of the receptors by reducing the activity of our own neurotransmitters. For example, the brain produces and releases many neurotransmitters such as um, 
dopamine peptides, uh, opiate peptides, etc. Among other things, this helps us manage pain, energy, and moods. Opioid drugs of abuse, such as heroin and pharmaceutical drugs, such as Oxycontin and fentanyl, compete with endogenous opiate peptides, the ones that your brain makes. It competes for the receptors, and in order to protect itself from excessive levels of activity at those receptors, the brain does two things. First, it stops producing and releasing its own endogenous opioid or dopamine peptides. Second, the receptors shrink, close up, and eventually pull back into the cell wall, thus causing fewer receptors to be available to receive drugs like heroin. This process is called downregulation. You now have lower receptor density. You have less receptors than you had before you started using the substance. With fewer available receptors, we need to increase the amount and frequency of our use of a drug in order to get relief. As we mentioned before, this is called tolerance, and eventually the system is so dependent on taking the drug to make the system work that we, if we don't take the drug, withdrawal begins. Withdrawal management, commonly called detoxification, involves using medications to reduce the pain of withdrawal and to prevent the pain of injury and death in the process. Just because withdrawal management is able to relieve symptoms and prevent danger, this does not mean that the nervous system is able to quickly return to full normal functioning. In fact, we know from PET scans and other studies that it takes months, even years, for the nervous system to readjust and recover following acute withdrawal. We know, for example, Nora Volkow, the medical director of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, found that through PET scans, that there was significant downregulation of dopamine receptors following regular cocaine use. There's less receptor density than is needed for it to function well. She found that after 18 months of abstinence, only 75% of the dopamine receptors had been restored. That's not enough. Imagine how much there was at three and six months. Not enough. What does this mean for each one of us as we complete an acute detoxification and experience ourselves in the absence of our drug of abuse? Whether it's alcohol, opiates, nicotine, cannabis, stimulants, typical experiences of individuals in the six months to one year following the end of acute withdrawal is that is what we call post-acute withdrawal um, and may extend to a year or more in which the patient may need to stabilize using medication for a temporary period of time at least to become more comfortable. Symptoms commonly experienced include sleep disturbance, irritability, agitation, low frustration tolerance, depression, anxiety, fatigue, low energy, changes in sex drive, weight loss or gain. Often these symptoms leads to a relapse to the drug of choice. This is one of the reasons that relapse rates following acute detoxification is so high. In our research, we found the greatest success in assisting individuals through this early recovery period is by combining psychosocial treatments, such as group, individual, community-based self-help involvement, non-addictive medications specific to the treatment of symptoms experienced by the patient, uh, 
These medications could be naltrexone, Vivitrol, antidepressants, mood stabilizers. So really, this is all I have to say today. Next time I'm going to talk about protracted abstinence, a longer period, uh, early stage of uh, recovery, and medication that may be appropriate to help you get through those various stages. Thank you very much for your time.